Hello and welcome back to the Interactives podcast. We've got a lineup change today. So I'm Ollie and today I'm joined here by Brownie and Freya. Hello. <laughs> so today we're talking about how publishers can reach audiences on new platforms. Um, we've all seen the decline of Facebook, of Twitter, um, you know, people having to reach new audiences out there. So guys, which platforms do you use, would you say? Oh, I mean, I feel like Twitter is still important as a journalist. Like I am on Twitter the most, but I've been starting to use TikTok more, enjoying that, and Telegram also a little bit. And YouTube as well. I feel like YouTube I use a lot. I feel like Twitter is useful for networking purposes now. So for actual, like, journalism. Um, I mean, you'll still get a good journal request out of it, but not much else. Uh, yeah, TikTok is a big one. Like, there's so much going on there. Also, Telegram has is very useful for a certain kind of journalism in, you know, potentially even more investigative work. Um, people are using Instagram nowadays, just generally, so there's more of a community on there, I guess. So. I mean, I think the biggest thing with all of them is just not concentrating your work on solely one platform. Like, mm. you've seen with Facebook, right? Ten years ago, Facebook was the number one platform for journalists, especially for local news. Now, because of the way Facebook changes algorithm and various updates, journalists have moved away from that completely and now loads of people are on twitter which is great like it's always fun there there's always loads of journalists talking on there but if that's your only platform if twitter decides to change something then you know that's all your platform gone so i think it's more about diversifying yeah. the social media you're on yeah because you know twitter has tried to roll out new changes in the past few months there's a, uh, there's a lot of new features coming um check out interactives we've got a good article on the new <laughs> we've features. got loads of good articles and different features well one uh, one feature which was not well received was a little algorithm change it to its home page um it started featuring things which it thinks people want rather than the latest tweets mm. which has been um they re they reverted that or gave people the option to revert back to latest so you know they are experimenting with new algorithm changes which could maybe see it go down the way of facebook in terms of people just don't like what they're seeing and then look for alternatives more which is again where journalists come in how yeah. can we take advantage of these news pla new platforms so the one which i saw you both mention quite a lot is telegram mm. um you know telegram and whatsapp have new channels these sort of groups which almost function maybe as whether it's what whether it's sort of newsletters or whether it's just place for discussion. So how do you think journalists can get the most out of these? Well, I mean, obviously there's like the investigation side, but focusing just more purely on like how to reach audiences. I think things like Telegram and WhatsApp are about reaching audiences on a more personal level and like audiences trusting you as a journalist and wanting to get your opinion and your thoughts on something that's happening. Or you see things like people who are in specific places, like in Ukraine right now, if you are a reporter in Ukraine and you're on the ground, and you can speak to people directly on Telegram, that's really valuable and people feel included in that. They kind of feel like they're part of a community, which I think is really important. Yeah, different social medias attract different groups. And I guess you see that culturally, like across the world. So you can definitely use Telegram. I mean, Telegram is really popular in a lot of other countries and it's got a kind of growing sense of popularity here. But it's good if you kind of want to reach a more international audience, I'd say. Yeah, I think in the UK, Telegram's really associated with, like, the right wing and, like, extremist groups. But I know, like, I have some friends who are German and, like, they all use Telegram because in Germany, like, I don't know, your data protection and stuff is, like, something people think about a lot more. So I wonder whether that will change, whether st something like Telegram will be something that more people start to use, not just from certain ideological groups. Yeah, there's, there's definitely... 
I think journalists are trying to figure out still how to use it, how to use it more. Um, so I don't think you can really track how well articles do on mm. Telegram, mm. on WhatsApp. It comes under this direct traffic, which is often very mysterious. No one knows where it is. Um, and Telegram, the one problem which I know Brazil has had, it has banned Telegram, actually, because um, of fake news problems yeah. and misinformation uh, about some of its politicians, which is something these platforms do need to look at, especially if they become more prominent. I feel like what we're learning, especially as we saw the decline in Facebook, is people are fickle. And there's already, I feel like, a big... Everyone uses social media, from what we know, but everyone still doesn't quite trust social media. We all know what happens. We all know that our information is being used in some way or form. So, basically, social media companies are going to see a lot of issues if they can't please their audiences, if they can't please the people who are using it. And considering this kind of fickle nature the kind of volatile nature of audiences on different platforms if you're only really using one platform and you're not looking at other avenues then you're going to struggle like that's just inevitable it's logic it goes back to what Frey was saying you know you've got to diversify you've got to be on as many places you can so that if one pillar crumbles then at least you have the others to back you up yeah, exactly. I mean, what other platforms should we be using as well, journalists? I think one which uh, we haven't talked about as much, I think you mentioned TikTok, um, is this, again, the age-old phrase of pivot to video. You know, mm. We have YouTube, but not just YouTube. We've got Twitch now with live streaming and then TikTok, Instagram Reels. I think what connects them all so that we can you know, have a nice theme here is this, this idea of an individual journalist, whether it's you know, an individual freelancer going out and doing their own journalism, or some, someone personifying um, a publisher, they are really just the, the figurehead and they are leading whether it's a YouTube channel, whether they're live streaming or whether they're just the face of a TikTok account. You know, the Washington Post has had a lot of success with this. On YouTube, there's countless publications in gaming, whether it's someone live streaming a game. You know, it, it's just looking at what people have actually found success on doing there. It, it, this is how YouTube started. It was people vlogging. It was a really personal connection. I think newsrooms are trying to how can we do this how can we have this personal connection is it going to be hiring out influencers hiring people who have got big on youtube to basically come in and run their channels or is it going to be trying to create their own stars yeah i mean and what you're saying about like personifying a newsroom with a person i think is really important because when people first started using social media it was a way to connect with their friends right so used to using these platforms to like as a way of like talking to people seeing people's faces getting updates on people's days like it's a very personable experience and so i think it's important for newsrooms to try and replicate that because that is what people are used to um and i think that's why tiktok can be quite successful because you do see the person's face right it's not just like on twitter we were just hearing their thoughts it's much more natural or it can be it can also be really unnatural like, and really constructed on tiktok yeah. but i think that's why it can be a good way to reach especially those slightly younger audiences who have just spent their whole lives on social media and so used to it so the more the more a newsroom can appear as a person rather than a company or a corporation, the better. Yeah, I mean, some people might say that's a bad thing, and you might get, you know, these like like influencer journalists, and like is that a good thing or not? Mm. That's a whole another discussion. But I think that's why having these other platforms can be useful for newsrooms. I guess it's about building trust because. No one trusts journalists these days. I mean, to be honest, I think that's definitely more of an issue with the older generation, like a very distinct lack of trust in journalists. But you definitely see it in a lot of younger people um, who don't necessarily engage with 
traditional news formats. I think having a face at the front can be so helpful in building trust. I mean, you see it with the Washington Post. A lot, a lot more younger people have interacted with the Washington Post purely on TikTok. And um, Dave Jorgensen, who is like one of the big faces of the Washington Post TikTok, has definitely built a rapport with a younger audience, um, kind of definitely changing how the Washington Post is perceived, I'd say. Mm. so. And I think what you're saying there actually about trust is so important because... I think even a lot of young people don't turn to like traditional news outlets to get their news because many, many reasons, but I think one reason might be to do with trust. And so reaching them on those different platforms that they use is a really valuable way of getting news to them. And like something like TikTok allows you to deliver the news and like memes in a way which like they're more likely to want to watch and therefore they're more likely to build trust with that particular newsroom in that way. I, I do see people who go, oh, I don't trust any journalist except xyz you know or yeah. oh, i don't trust anyone to get my information from except this one place and it, it goes back to you know it used to be that with newspapers it was like oh i only read the guardian i only read the times it's sort of i guess coming full circle again with i only trust this one individual for my news i guess the problem then comes with well can what happens if these people then have their own problems if they come into <laughs> spreading their own misinformation their own fake news so it is something to be aware of again for newsrooms you know what happens if you're big tiktok star comes into some controversy then you've got yeah. to handle that so it's it's something which i'll have to deal with and have to figure out what the best course is for them uh, another exciting prospect for newsrooms is the metaverse yeah oh. it's it's a new ish you know there's been lots of metaverse like concepts before yeah. but facebook is trying to push it as its own thing more um but you know we're all about new platforms we're all about being the first mover i think is the f- phrase if you can get on there first if you could figure out what to do with it first, then you can potentially find a new audience and find a new audience very quickly and get a big audience. So is there room, do you think, in this metaverse type place for journalists? What can journalists do in the metaverse? I wonder if we're beginning to already see like a, an interesting like corporate takeover of the metaverse. I mean, like HSBC closed down a bunch of banks, but they opened a bank in the metaverse. Like... So I think we can already see how like different brands are taking over and different brands are like preempting a kind of big move to the metaverse. So I think it's kind of inevitable that we all kind of end up using it in a way. But what can journalists do? Yeah, I can't imagine what a journalist would do. Because that's the thing. Some there is this idea sometimes where it's like, well, everyone else is doing it. Mm. I guess we should do it. And is this the metaverse? Is that just is it just this fad of people going, well, they're doing it we should probably look at doing it or can somebody come in and be like no there is actually room to do a proper journalist of whether is it just the fact it would be virtual screens in this virtual reality would it be just a virtual character reading out the news maybe i don't know you could have a place to go and just read all the news yeah yeah or like someone you go talk to about the news and like a trusted journalist within (laughs) the metaverse how would a journal request be received in the metaverse i wonder you just like shout out over loudspeaker hey guys (laughs) or maybe i don't know the only thing i can think of it being useful for is like recreating um scenarios like maybe this isn't really quite journalistic but say there's like a news conference from a politician like in the metaverse maybe a you'll be able to go there yourself and feel like you're actually there watching the politician. Or if there's like a big event somewhere, like a protest or 
a war. I don't actually see how that would work. War but in the like, metaverse. Oh but God. no, but like you'd be able to. Uh, a newsroom might be able to provide you with an experience where you could like go there and like interact with different things. Yeah, as we're learning about something mm. that's happening. The interactive element, I think, probably separate it from how it is at the mo. How everything is at the moment, because yes, you can watch videos already, and even in VR, you can watch videos. Um, but it is that interaction, which I think is probably is, is just coming about in journalism. There's a few, you know, whether it's games telling stories whether it's sort of quiz, more quiz-based stuff. There are elements, but I think that fully immersive, experiential journalism, maybe that could be an angle, but it is that thing of trying to force it often doesn't work. If yeah, it doesn't exactly. work, sometimes you've got to, you know, wipe your hands off and say, fair yeah. enough, it's not working. Are we saying that, um, can we say that we're all like sceptical of it or are we just kind of like, uh do you want to be eating your words in five years' time, though, yeah. Brian? That's the thing. When like, you're like the first metaverse journalist it? and it yeah. resurfaces oh, no. in a podcast. Yeah, you want to be the first one on there. Get, get in there first. Uh, yeah, I feel like, I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm interested to see what it's like, I guess. I just want to see how, like, human interaction changes on there, you know? Like, for example, dating in the metaverse. Imagine that. Like, mm. There's been some know. bad interactions I've seen. Yeah, I already. Just, <laughs> I yeah. Just, I just feel like... I I suppose you're supposed to suspend your belief for a little while. Um, I don't know. I just, it cringes me out a little bit. It'll be fun to see what happens. Uh, it just, it cringes me out already. Well, we'll have to wait to see if we're all proved wrong by this metaverse concept. That's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, make sure to follow us on all the relevant social media channels and on your podcasting platform of choice. We'll be back soon for another episode of the Intactives podcast. Bye. Bye. Adios. See ya.